Hi, I'm Lynn. And I'm Amanda. And this is the Pursuit of Badassery, the podcast. This podcast is all about taking action and creating that badass business abundance and life that you want. Where we share stories, laughs, wins, and epic fails to show you the whole picture of the entrepreneurial journey. It's not just unicorns and rainbows, people. Jump on and follow us through this raw and witty roller coaster where we get down and dirty and go behind the scenes of life and entrepreneurship. Get on it, get over it, and get after it. Hey, I'm Lynn. And I'm Amanda. Welcome to the Pursuit of Badassery, the podcast. We have an incredible guest with us today. Lynn, tell us all about him. I know. I don't think he needs an introduction. Shall we just like pop in the book. <laughs> we have Steve Sims and we are super stoked about having you on today. So I love his bio, which I will read. Do you know anyone that's worked with Sir Elton John or Elon Musk sent people down to see the wreck of the Titanic on the seabed or closed museums in Florence for a private dinner party and then had Andrea Bocelli serenade them while they eat their pizza, pasta. Was it pizza and pasta? Just I'm, I'm adding food to their plate. So pasta, does it really matter? Uh, but you do now. Quoted as the real life Wizard of Oz by Forbes and Entrepreneurial Magazine, Entrepreneur Magazine, Steve Sims is a best-selling author with Blue Fishing, The Art of Making Things Happen, and Go for Stupid, The Art of Achieving Ridiculous Goals. Sought after coach, top-rated speaker after keynoting at a very variety of networks, groups, and associations, as well as the Pentagon, and I believe twice at Harvard, even though it doesn't say this. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Um, so please welcome Steve. We're so excited. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> I hate bios. I hate bios. You have to sit there and listen to it, and it's kind of like, oh, God. It's nice, but it, it's horrible. It's cringy yeah. sometimes. I, I understand. Yeah. And then I'm fumbling through, but uh, we got Steve up early. We, we, his wife granted us permission to have him for early in the morning. So we're super stoked to have you. So welcome. Thanks. Thanks for having me. So we have to ask, you go from bricklayer in London to having, founding and being CEO of a luxury concierge service, which is Bluefish, which is sort of the title of your, your book. Or not sort of, it is the title. Uh, and now you have transitioned into this incredible best-selling book series. You've got all this stuff going on. How did that even start? How did that even happen? Great question, but not a, not a very interesting one. Um, because the one thing that's all entrepreneurs have in common is, uh, aggravation, our ability or our lack of ability to settle. And then the big trait that makes us successful or not is curiosity. Um, if you don't have curiosity, you don't do anything. You know, um, Elon Musk was famously aggravated with um, banks taking five days to wire money, even though it was just inside America. So he invented PayPal. Uh, he's done the same with the space industry. Um, so there's that aggravation, that curiosity. When I was a bricklayer, I was kind of like questioning, is this it? You know, I'm working hard. I'm getting up early in the morning. I'm going home late at night. I'm covered in dirt, dust, bricks, smacked up. I know how to work hard, 
but I've got no money. So where am I missing? And it was that aggravated curiosity. And I'm, I'll always say that it's those two together. It, hope is something you do from an armchair. Aggravation is something that you get up and you do. You know, I hate that spot on the wall. There's dirt there. I've got to clean it. It's aggravation that propels you to do it. So when you marry that with the curiosity, you go out to try and find the answer. And of course, I left the world of bricklaying to try and find out why I didn't have any money and I wasn't successful. And of course, this was back in the 90s. So I didn't have Instagram to tell me how inadequate my life was. Um, so I just went out to try and kind of like hang around rich people. Because we always think rich people are successful people, don't we? You know, we think that's the same thing. You're wrong. That was the first thing that I came up. I met rich people they were very unhappy, very unfulfilled, very depressed, you know? And one of the biggest demographics of suicides is lottery winners that suddenly get money. You know, it's, it's, it's incredible. So I suddenly started to learn all of these things by getting loads of jobs that I was ill-qualified to do, stockbroker, yacht charters, jet charters, trying to surround myself with affluent people. But when you're 240-pound of ugly British biker, it doesn't do well. You don't kind of fit the mold. Um, and then I got a job as what God built me to do on the door of a nightclub. Um, and my job description was to punch people and split up fights. Uh, and the good thing about entrepreneurs is we see what we want to see. So my other two meatheads just basically wanted to save as much blood off the shirt as they could and go on with the girl of the night. Me, I had a front row Harvard course on human interactions and psychology and body language. And it, it was really exciting to go to work and just to be able to guess, you know, why are you so happy? Is it a job? You know, is it getting out with friends? Oh, is this your first date? And I got really good at being able to pick up on those signs, including how to recognize affluent people and how to recognize people that pretended they were affluent. And so, of course, as this all went on, um, I, I would get people into bars, I'd get people into nightclubs, I'd get people into premieres. Then those premieres became the Monaco Fashion Week and the Hollywood event, and it just grew and grew and grew. But I've always said I was never in the concierge world. My job was to do something for you and give you value so that I had your attention. I was in the intention business. I just used getting you a piano lesson with Elton John to get your attention for two hours so I could sit you down and go, hey, how did you make your first million? You know, what was the road from like 10 million to a billion? How do you view taking on new people? How do you look at new opportunities? So I interviewed, before podcasting existed, the most rich, powerful, successful people in the planet to try and get that information. Um, and I was just constantly aggravated and curious. Okay, I know how you do it. I wonder if it's different for really rich people in Korea. I wonder if it's really different for people in, you know, St. Petersburg or Ukraine or London or LA. Or New so I just traveled the planet doing that and just used the concierge as an excuse. I love that. There are so many different things and actually us doing our homework cramming in a bunch of different podcasts that you've been on and listening to different things because we both read your book haven't read the second one but both of us have ordered it and we have a little hint for everybody listening at the end but 
Um, I, I love the whole curiosity thing. And I think I thank you for sharing that because it is important for entrepreneurs or small businesses to, to understand that, that we might not get into it for the reason that we think that it is. And that curiosity is such a key part. And I love, and I think it was your wife who told you this, that it's not only curiosity with you, but it's the silliness. I think she called it something else, but that like childlike wonder. And again, ignorant. Ignorant. She called she called me ignorant. And I was like, oh, that's not very nice. But it was that childlike ignorance to failure. Ch- children don't think they're gonna fail, they just go. And and so it was actually it was actually a compliment, I think. <laughs> no, and I agree. I think that there's a lot of value. And Amanda and I have had this conversation several times. We just read another book and this particular person speaks about it, uh, Grant Cardone in the 10X. And he talks about like, he doesn't hesitate. Like he just jumps right in. And it's that like not allowing fear to kind of dictate you, but also like having that curiosity and kind of that like, don't care, like don't let that seep in kind of attitude. And I, and I love that. And I think it's a really important factor for entrepreneurs and small business owners, not just at the birth of the company, but throughout the the whole duration of your business. The end of curiosity will uh, will signify and dictate the end of your business. That that curiosity is what constantly keeps you going. It's that, and it's not kind of like when's enough enough. Um, we're all bought, built on experiences. I believe. I believe. I don't believe. I know for a fact we're all going to die. You know, I, I really hope it's not today, but I know full well we're going to die. And I have this one dream that when you're on your deathbed and your your life is flashing before you, I want it to be so chock-a-block that there's like a break for popcorn. You know, I want to make sure that I have so many memories, so many experiences that I live life. I heard a, a saying, um, and it's been attributed to many different people, but no one's ever qualified who was the actual originator. They said that most people die at the age of 25, but they wait until 75 to be buried. And I found that really upsetting. We, we as parents, we have kids and they dress up with a towel around their neck and they run around in their underpants when they're eight year old. And we go, hey, what are you? And they go, where's, I'm a superhero. And you go, yes, you are. If they do that at 18 years old, we tell them off and we say, grow up, know your place. But all of the top people in the planet throughout history, whether it be Henry Ford, whether it be through Walt Disney, uh, whether it be through Mother, Mother Teresa, um, you know, Elon Musk, they all had that childlike curiosity. Why does it need to be like that? And thankfully, it wasn't beaten out of them by parents. And so that's what we've got to maintain. That curiosity literally will be the difference between you being successful and you settling. Absolutely. And I love how you talk about, so going back to the curiosity as well as failure. And I know you've mentioned this, not on our podcast, but on other media channels, that it's not just the fear. It's not really fear of failure. It's fear of other people seeing you fail and that you're afraid to go after these big goals because there might be the judgment that you're going to fail. And everybody fails at everything, but there's been this resurgence of, oh, you need to fail more. And entrepreneurs, and I've said it, and Lynn said it, you need to fail more. And that's a good way to learn, like learn faster through failure and not be afraid to to fail hugely. So like making these huge leaps and trying to make big goals happen, even though you might fail. And I know that you've talked about that a lot. Can you speak a little bit more about that idea of like, you know, like your second book, go for stupid, achieve. Yeah, 
the reason, and I've got a big smile on my face for anyone that can't see the video, is the reason I get paid to speak all, all over the planet on communication and going for uh, ridiculous goals is because the planet's getting really, really bad at it. So the worse they get, the better I look. You know, a 20-year-old guy is going to beat a bunch of eight-year-old basketball players just because I'm not great at communication. You know, Claire thinks I'm, you know, I should have more of a filter and calm down, you know, what I'm saying. But the world is so shit at communicating that I get to stand out and charge very handsomely for those kind of lectures. Because bearing in mind, we've just gone through COVID. And during COVID, what did we all want? And we were all complaining about, oh, we can't connect. I can't hang out with my mates. I, I can't relate to people. Well, the truth of the fact, we were getting really shit at it before COVID. From the invention of Friendster and MySpace and Facebook, we were outsourcing anything that happened. If we went back, and I'm not glorifying the days, but if we went back to the early 2000s and pre, if you got a new job, if you got a baby, if you got a new car, you phoned up your mates, you all got together to stare at it. Now you have a baby, what do you do? You stick it on Facebook and you're pissed off if you don't have a million likes by the end of the day. We are outsourcing our announcements. We're not connecting, we're yelling. And then we go into COVID where we apparently can't connect. And then what did we invent during that period of disconnection? The gotcha society and the cancel culture. So we've come out of COVID already knowing that we were really shit at communicating. Now we're scared to say anything for fear of laughter and judgment and being canceled. We're, we're very, very quick to judge today. We're very, very slow to understand. And we have no idea of the consequences. People will go on a social post, see something and go, well, you look fat in that, and post that comment and then go about that day not knowing that they may really have upset that person because we're not understanding the consequences today. And it used to be an old uh, saying about, what would you do today if you knew you couldn't fail? Well, sadly, that's actually been overtaken today by what would you do today if you weren't worried about people laughing at you? And isn't that terrible? We care about what someone that we don't even freaking know in Iowa is going to say about us trying something, but we do. But the good people don't. The people that step out, the people that stand up, the people that actually succeed, they don't care. Everyone's laughing at Elon Musk because he bought Twitter. Everyone's laughing at Elon Musk because he wanted to get in the space industry. Larry Page says, I want to make a, a hub for information worldwide. Invented Google. Walt Disney invented most of Disney, and he died and never even got to see it outside of his own uh, uh, fantasies and, and drawings. So if he hadn't have seen it, we never would have. See, the point today is it's your life. It's not somebody else's. It's not a dress rehearsal. And if someone wants to scoff at you, check them. I've noticed that most of the hate that I get are from poor people. Now, you want to cancel me for that statement? Fine, knock yourself out. It's not going to upset me. But I'm talking about poor mindset. Those people that judge, those people that don't want you trying, they have a poor mindset and they're very, very noisy because they've got nothing better to do with their life than troll other people that are trying. So understand that most of the people that actually are hating on you, nine times out of 10, can't afford you, can't understand you, can't relate to you, therefore not worth you looking at.
Uh, absolutely. We talk about, and actually I wrote about it in our first book about my saying is like, you're not everybody's cup of tea and neither are they, neither are they yours. And I, I love, I love a lot of what you just said. And I think that you made a really clear point that maybe some of them didn't understand is people are going to, people are going to come at you. And usually it's going to be those who, like you called them poor mindset poor in their demeanor, poor in their communication, poor in their own yeah. self-belief, self-worth, et cetera. And at the end of the day, um, and I just had this conversation with somebody, there's somebody in my, there's a few people in my community. I don't care for them, but I'm not going to throw shade at them. I'm not going to like do any, cause that's them. We're just not one of the same, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to put myself at that level. So those people who even aren't your people, if they, if they're good people, they're not going to, they don't care. Like go on with your business. There's more success to go around, but those that have just a shit attitude and have a shit personality and shit about themselves, those are the ones. And are they, they're not worthy of your, your, whatever your reaction. Yeah. I'm a great believer in being selfish. You know, um, whenever I go to like a training event or, a, or a speech or anything like that. And I did one recently in North uh, North Arizona, I think it was like about 10 days ago. And the first thing I did was I walked into the group and I said, how many of you here are selfish? And of course, no one puts their hand up. They're all like, oh, no, that's a horrible word. I'm giving. I'm not selfish. And I'm like, well, there's your first mistake. Because you ain't getting any younger. You ain't getting any prettier. You've got to start getting selfish with your time, enthusiasm, motivation, and where you're paying attention to. And if you're paying all this attention to someone with that poor mindset and you're trying to help them out, I'll give you a perfect example because it's my family and you can't pick your family. Um, I was in London. Oh, God knows. This, this story is probably about 15 years old or something. And um, my mum was showing me around i'm living in la i was working with elton john and so she's kind of oh look at my son you know i'm the freaking dancing monkey for that little bloody barbecue um but there was one of my cousins that was having trouble so she kind of pulled me on you know to speak to steve you know he's got this these media companies and stuff like that you know he can help you and stuff so now i am just been forced to help out my cousin i thought to myself okay it's my cousin so i'm like hey Let's step away. Let's run through your business. And we sat down. We went through probably about an hour at this party on what the problems were. And then I went, you know, I can see where there's a couple of issues. What I'm going to do is I'm going to get my team involved. They're going to contact you next week. So I phoned them up and we're going to run through what you need to do. And when then we're going to monitor it per quarter. So over, over the next two quarters, we should see that uh, out of the way. And then you'll be high and fly. You'll be fine. So, my team phoned him once a week. They would contact. They would report back to me. He wouldn't show up. One of his team would show up. You know, someone would show up. That had nothing to do with the company. But, hey, just wanted to see how you're doing. Thanks a lot for trying to help me. All that kind of ball. And um, I met up with him. Um, I, no, I contacted him, I think, about eight months in. And I said to him, so, you know, let's let's look. What has the reaction been? Have you got a, oh, do, do you know, I've been meaning to get around to that. But, you know, hey, I really appreciate that. I didn't go back that year, but the following year I went back. So we're talking about a two-year gap. And I saw him again, and he was like, oh, yeah, you know, that's as I lost that, and I lost that, and that didn't come out. But, you know, hey, I'd, I'd really like to see how you can help me out. And I said, no, fuck you. Mm -hmm. I said, I tried to help you two years ago. I had a team behind you, and it was free. But you valued it as that. And I would, I would have charged someone like 200 grand for the stuff that we were giving him and my team for an entire six months. I gave it to him for free. 
and he chose to ignore it. So there's a lot of people out there that just can't take on the information, the help, the guidance you're trying to give them. So in which case, don't. Become a lot more selfish with your time, energy, and where you actually focus. Love that. And I think that bleeds over into, because you talk a lot about focusing. I'm focusing on how to get in the right room. And both Amanda and I come from where we met. Uh, the founder would always say, uh, you know, be careful of the people in your room. You are the five people that you surround oh, yourself yeah. with, blah, 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 all those things. So I think that really feeds into like you talk a lot about how to focus on the right room. Can you kind of break that down for our audience as well? Oh, hell yeah. So um, I'll break it down to a coffee shop. So just imagine you're sitting around a table with your mates and you're at a coffee shop and you start talking about your business and you go, hey, I've I've been listening to this this, this wonderful podcast by these two girls and, and, and I'm thinking of scaling my business and I'm thinking of franchising this off and then dividing it and you go off on these, these ideas you've got and you saw a movie. So you're thinking of bringing this in and maybe buying a, a major center that you can host events. And you look around at the coffee table and they're all staring at you like deer in headlights and thinking that you've gone mad. Two things happen. One, you leave that table because that table is not ready for you. It's not there to support. It's not there to challenge you. It's not there to push you. They don't need to understand, but they do need to push. Or you settle and you go, oh, sorry, guys. I don't know what I was thinking. I must have been, must someone must have spiked my coffee. And you settle your goals and they go, oh, I don't know what was happening to you, Steve. Yeah, that sounded crazy talk for a second. And you settle. Where you settle in life dictates where you go. So you need to look at that table and realize this isn't my table anymore. And I have spent my entire life, and as we mentioned earlier, I built my own room because of it. I needed to make sure that I was surrounded by people that would push me. I'll give you a, a little story, if you don't mind. Um, you know Jay Abraham, don't you? Everyone knows Jay Abraham. Yeah, of course you do. Um, Jay's my boy, and he lives just down the road from me. And I had this, this travel idea of an app. And I'd like, for the first time in my life, I'd actually written out this business plan. And so I was really impressed with myself with these PowerPoints and these graphs and these widgets and things like that. Never done one before in my life. And I went down to Jay because I wanted to get some money out of him. And I said to him, I'm going to come down here and I want a million bucks, but we'll be great. And he's like, all right, down you come. So I went down to see him and I pitched him this entire thing. I had graphs. This thing could show how we could basically make a fortune within 12 months. And I didn't need a great deal from him. And I already had some other investors on the line, but I wanted Jay to be the first one. And I showed him everything and I was all excited. I was all kind of like, yeah. And I was like, so Jay, we're in. And he looked at me and just kind of like, you know, stroked that little fluff on his chin and kind of like, was like, mm, and just gave me this wild smile. And then he turned around and looked at me and he went, Do you know, Steve, I was just expecting more. And I was decked. I was like, what do you mean? He said, well, you know, with your effort, your energy, the people you know, the credibility. I just expected more from you. And I realized I had settled to what I thought would be acceptable rather than going all out, you know, going for gold. And the amount of times I've gone for things, trying to close a zoo down, trying to get someone to deliver a couple of elephants to a party and failed. And maybe not got the elephants, but they've sent me a giraffe, you know, or maybe not got the zoo, but they've they've uh, closed down some major art um, 
museum or something. You know, I've always been able to fail up. If you want to make $100,000 a year next year as an increase in your payroll, then go for 500 and fail by only making 300. I have always, always, always failed up. And I realized that I'd settle. And I realized that that day I would never, ever settle again. Jay taught me that night that my goals and aspirations are mine. Try and keep up. And that's been the whole focus of it. Yes. And I feel like so many people feel like you have to be realistic with your goals. Make it tangible. Make it something like you what can- do you know that's realistic? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. No, it's, and- it's, it's, it's unbelievable. You, you, you hear of these super feats where, you know, a car's just going to roll over and crush a child and a, you know, a 93-year-old mother of seven suddenly puts her hand up and stops the car and throws it back. In the moment, in that moment, you can achieve anything. But people don't push them. They go, well, look, my, my arm can reach out 36 inches, so therefore my goal's 38. You know, it's ridiculous how we try to go, well, my goals are what's achievable rather than my goals are what's going to push and challenge me. And I may not get there, but I'll, uh, I'll actually fail up. I gave you the example of the amount of no's. I did a, a video a little while ago. I, I got a speaking gig in Venice, Italy, and they flew me over from LA to, to Venice. And my video, I don't edit my videos. So I'll shoot my video and I'll post it. And this video was supposed to be me on the Riva speedboat going over to uh, the Milano Stucchi Hotel where the conference was. Amazing, beautiful place. I'm in Venice, Italy. I've been paid very well to be there to speak. And I'm shooting this little video with St. Mark's in the back, and it's all looking great. And I'm like, here I am in Venice. I'm just about to speak at this event. There's 4,500 people going to be here. They've flown me over. And it was all very like, Oh, yeah, this is great. And then something hit me. And I said, do you know the thing? No, I've got to stop here. None of you ever saw all the no's I got. You're sitting here watching me on this reaver being uh, paid to be here. None of you saw the hundreds and hundreds, maybe even thousands of people that went, no. I remember people going, you're not on my stage, people. You know, you, people won't even understand what you're saying. You know, what have you got to talk? Look at the state of you, mate. You think we're going to have you on stage? The amount of times I got that. No one saw that. They just get to see the, the the frosting now and the icing and the lovely little sprinkles. They don't see the amount of times you got turned down. But here's the beautiful thing. Nor do we. Whenever we get turned down, we go, why did I get turned down? For one, you were short-sighted. Um, but what did you see that I didn't see that I can work on so the next person says yes? And we look into the problem to see where the actual gold is absolutely every one of you and we don't know each other very well but i guarantee you you've got good relationships because you had bad relationships you've had good jobs because you had bad jobs you know how to make money because you probably lost money it, we don't get successful by being successful we get successful by things going wrong and it teaching us the education we need in order to be able to do more of it you, know, you don't get financial advice from someone that won the lottery. So you've got to focus on, if you, if at this moment in time, if you're in a pit of shit and you've got problems, start furrowing around to try and find out where the nuggets of gold are. 
You know, try and find out where the real power is that's actually going to make you bigger and stronger because no one ever comes out of those dark uh, dark times shorter. They come out taller once they focus on where the education is. Absolutely. It's all about solution-oriented focus. But also looking at the lessons. We talk a lot about this, actually. My next book is all about life lessons, not, not business side, but... Um, and it is about learning from that failure, learning from the shit, learning from, but you have to be open to it and you have to be willing to actually learn. Otherwise you're only going to keep like running in that hamster wheel. I, I love, first of all, I love that you brought that up about like all the no's that it took to get there, because especially with all those things that you just said, all the fame and all of this, and you even talk about on your website, everything's glorified, everything's made up like in exaggerated amounts of like, oh, you can make this much money or look at me, I'm living this life, but they're not really either one, it's not true, or they're also not telling you what's really behind the scenes, all of the work, that whole iceberg picture. I know it's cliche, but it's damn true. And I love that you're bringing all this forward because I think it's really important for our audience, for someone of your success, of your, of your accomplishments, for them to hear this, that you went through this as well. Still go through it. Still go through it. You know, I, I, a friend of mine once said to me, the definition of hell is to meet the man or woman you could have been. So it's that curiosity again. You know, I, I live, let's be, let's be blunt, I live very well, you know, and I'm very happy and I get to fly around the planet and, you know, I get paid to rattle me gob off, you know, and so I'm, I'm, I'm a happy little chappy. But what if I stopped trying? What if I was in the exact same position today as I would be in, say, six months' time. Where's the growth? Where's the expansion? You know, where's the education? So constantly, I race motorcycles. I try new things. We we I, we said earlier we built Sims Distillery. We're focusing on our books. We're focusing on getting people to change. We we're pushing ourselves because that's growth. And I don't want to relax. I don't want to. Where's the fun in that? I love it when I'm working with someone and I suddenly hear the dad doing this. And I've got people that have just released that first book and they're speaking on stage and they're doing something dynamic in their business. I love it when people are prepared to stand out by first standing up. And that's that's what energizes me to try new things. And that growth is so important. And I think we were talking about the coffee shop scenario of settling i think we settle for good enough when there's so much more growth potential that we can realize if we just put in the action and actually go for it and set that goal even higher than is even quote unquote possible yeah at 100 percent. your your goals are your goals your life is your life don't let someone else dictate it even me just just go for you oh love that there's so many little quotes. I'm going to be like quoting. my love language. This <laughs> yeah. podcast is my love language. It, absolutely, it absolutely is. So to leave a little bit of like how people, obviously everything that you just covered, I love the coffee shop. I love everything. How can they focus on making that change to put themselves in front of the right people? Cause you said definitely walk away or settle, but how then from there to give our audience some nuggets of like, how to put yourself out there because we talk about it, but we want to hear it from you. <laughs> Putting me on the spot. Yes. It's what it's about. It's, Podcast. It's pro- <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I didn't read the small print. Um, 
I think it's probably the hardest thing to look at your circle and go, this is a detrimental circle. Now, it's very hard. You may have known someone from high school. Um, doesn't mean that they haven't evolved into a prick. You know, people change as they go on. Are they holding you back? Are they asking you to settle? Are you living by their standards? Or are they living by yours? If you try to do something different and go to a different bar, coffee shop, restaurant, do you get the group going, oh, no, that's too bougie, that's too fat. Let's stay here. We love this one. Nancy does good chips. You know, are they stopping you from becoming, you know, spreading your wings? That's usually the first dictation that you've got to move. And that's very, very scary because you've got to get out and you now feel as though you're alone. But you hear, here's the weird thing. You're settling because you feel different. And I'm here to tell you that you weren't built to fit in. You know, you're the Hogwarts. You're the Harry Potter. In fact, one of the reasons Harry Potter was so successful on so many age groups was because so many people realized that they weren't fitting into where they were that they were one of those weird kids. They were Gryffindor. They were they were that different kind of person. That's why that series did so exceptionally well for all age groups. As entrepreneurs, we only make up 10, 15, maybe 18% of the planet, but the rest of the planet works for that 18%. So we are a smaller crowd, but we dominate. And alone, you can win a couple of fights. When you've got people around you, you can win wars. So you've got to step out and get into the mindset that makes you go, that's it. And you could do that straight off by joining podcasts. You can do that by joining, say, Facebook groups and social groups. Maybe there's a local entrepreneur group that you can go to, small business groups. And it will you will find your people. But you've got to get out and get into a room. You don't want cheerleaders. The first time you hear these people going, oh, you're wonderful, you're great, move along. They don't help, okay? You want these people, and I've had these conversations. People will say to us, so what are you working on? I'll be like, oh, I'm on. And they'll be like, why you? Why do you think you can pull this off? Now, they're not being negative, but they're getting me to sharpen my sword before I go into battle. If I can't answer that question to them, how can I ask it, answer it to the people that I'm going to be selling the solution to? So you need people to challenge you, push you. And I've had people, and I've done it myself. I have no idea what you're trying to build, but hey, I'll get you the pizza and the coffee while you're building it. I'll be there to drive the care. I will support in any other way that I can help you get where you need to be. And those are the groups you need to be in. It's tough. There's online groups. As I say, there's podcasts, there's books. But realize the people you are around may not be your people. Yes. I mean, oh, even gave that example with Jay Abrams, like he was like, I expected more, right? So even yeah. like saying, hey, I challenge you to not be settling, not play small, whatever it is. Like, and I think that that's so important. It is uncomfortable, but it is the right thing. Everything's uncomfortable. Going to the gym, putting your yes. clothes on, going into a meeting, anything worth anything you're trying to avoid, you probably got to do twice as much of. Recognize it. And probably one of the earliest little quotes that I got that changed my focus was get comfortable with being uncomfortable because that's where the growth is. Absolutely. It is. That's exactly where the growth is. You cannot excel if you are 
happy with status quo. No. It's impossible. And it's all down to that aggravation again. Aggravation creates stuff. You know, if you want if you want more motorbikes, if you want a bigger house, if you want your kids to go to a private school, if you want to be slimmer, if you want to be more wealthy, whatever, it's that aggravation with where you are first that actually gives you the fuel to actually go and get it. Well, we could talk to you forever. We know we have to, literally. I mean, I feel like I could have this conversation for another six hours. However, we do have to close it out. So how can people get in contact with you and learn more about you? Well, I'm very easy. Uh, Steve D. Sims. Don't forget the D for dashing, and there's only one M in Sims. Steve D. Sims anywhere. So if you're on X, if you're on threads, if you're on Instagram, I'm probably more vocal on Instagram. Um, but stevedsims.com. Uh, you can also find out about my room, my community, Sims Distillery on there, um, or go to simsdistillery.com. But I wanted to give a free book. Um, it's a video series. I did an audio book, and you ladies have done books. Did you do audio versions? Yeah, I did. Was this not the most painful thing in your world? <laughs> it's Doing an audio book, you're in this tiny little room the size of like a one of those concert wow. toilets. It's horrible. And you're like reading this book and it's nasty. So I decided this time to actually rent a studio and I actually filmed myself reading the book. And so I read the book, but now I'm not in this tiny little room. The audio is now on the Go For Stupid um, you know, series on your Amazon and stuff. But if you visit goforstupid.com, you for free can get all 12 chapters of the video of me reading the book. And I want people to just listen to it and action it. There's no hair products for sale. There's no T-shirt to buy. You just get the free video book. That is amazing. And I can guarantee that everybody is about to go blow up your website. <laughs> well, I hope, again, not worried about that. I'm worried about doing it and then blowing up their life. I want them to do something ridiculous. Love that even more. Absolutely. Everything will be in all the links will be in our show notes. Uh, definitely get that book and buy his other book, purchase the other book. Love this book. And you have your own podcast. Make sure that you're on YouTube. Uh, I love, I love your podcast. Like I said, I was like crash coursing them this week, <laughs> just <laughs> loving them. Um, so make sure you're subscribing to his podcast, following him on Instagram and all of his other handles. Any last nuggets that we didn't cover that you'd like to leave the audience with? I'll leave you a little quote that my old dad said. My dad wasn't the sharpest tool in the shed, but one day he said, uh, no one drives from, drowns from falling in the water. They drown from staying there. Ooh. That's... You're just full of all the quotes and powerful statements today. I can't wait to just clip those out of this and listen to them on today. It's like a little mantra, Steve Sims mantra. There you go. That's the next book, The Mantras. It is. Or you could get on trend and like make those little like uh, angel card things with Steve, Steve Sims cards. <laughs> Simsisms. <laughs> Thank you so much. This has been an absolute pleasure. We are so glad that you woke up early and uh, joined us on our podcast today. Thank you. It's actually been fun. I've appreciated it. Thank you, ladies. 
Excellent. So everybody, don't forget, hit subscribe, share this with your favorite entrepreneur who needs to stop settling and walk away from where they are settling in the mediocrity of their current life. So that way they can aim higher and kick some major ass. So. All right, everybody get after it. All right, everyone. It's not enough to just listen. Now you've got to put it into action. We are so excited to see what you do next. If you enjoyed our show, please leave us a review on iTunes. And to find out more about what we're doing, visit us at thepursuitofbadassery.com.